What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to episode eight of the Chill Stars podcast. Yes, we're in episode eight, and it's been a blast so far. We have the crew back in action today. Everyone's here again. And today we're going to be discussing the contract signings around the league. Three pretty big names were uh, recently signed within the last week. So we'll be talking about that, as well as doing our top 10 fantasy wingers, just like we did uh, with the goalies and defense last week. We also put out a fan interaction question on our Insta page, which at the end of the podcast we will discuss as well. So Max, I'll let you take it from here. Uh, well, thank you. Actually, I don't mean to be a burden about news, but we're actually going to discuss this right after the news about the mediocre goalie discussion. Um, not at the end, but stay tuned for the end when we will have a, a new fan question for you guys, and it'll be posted on Insta, most likely, the day after this is posted. Um, so I'm starting off with the news recap here. So uh, we'll start off small here. I mean, Kirby Doc signing... Uh, for four years, four-year deal with Montreal, 3.3 mil. Um, not bad, pretty much a prove-it deal for him. Um, still very young, 20 or 21 years old, so looking to prove something there. Um, anyone have any thoughts on that? Not much, I guess. Um, I think he. I think it'll be a good opportunity for him to play with a lot of younger players and try to figure himself out because it just wasn't working out in Chicago for him. So should be an exciting squad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll be able to have a brand new coach there with St. Louis and, you know, a lot of the young players around him. So, you know, might be good for his development. Uh, moving on here, since, I mean, that wasn't the, really the biggest news around here. Uh, moving up the ladder, we've got Tim Stutzla signing for eight years at 8.35 mil starting next summer keep that in mind um a very big deal for a guy that really hasn't proved it just about yet but they're definitely handing out yet another contract for based off his potential and i think a lot of us are on the same page in agreement that i would say he can live up to that but again we'll have to wait and see so i mean i'll throw it over to any of you guys who want to chime in on this deal Yeah, yeah, I'll chime in. Um, again, another young player signing a big contract. I mean, uh, I kind of look at it two ways. I don't think he's really deserved that that contract, that term, and, and that amount. Um, but on the other end, looking at Ottawa, they've now secured and locked up all their young pieces long term. Uh, they don't need to worry about uh, you know. Um, contracts coming up and having to re-sign like their core is basically locked in and now they just have to focus on building them um but you know that is being uh, being said that is if uh stutzla can uh can hit value and perform under the contract so a bit of a risk but you know uh, the, the outlook does look good so that's my take <laughs> especially for the type of player that that stutzla is is very very active in the offensive zone. I, I think he has really high potential to keep putting up big point seasons. Maybe not this upcoming season, but definitely for the rest of, or almost the entirety of the contract, barring injury or anything. I think it's going to be an exciting deal for Ottawa and an exciting deal for for his teammates as well to be able to play with a player like that. 
Yeah, it's also, I think, good for Ottawa to get their actually young stars locked up because that's definitely been a, a problem for them um, probably the last like almost decade here is players not wanting to play there. So to have some potential stars locked up is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. that new ownership sure seems to be laying down the line that they're not they're a little bit different of a team and you know you didn't see a lot of that a lot of their players locked up long term now you know they're starting to build their core and really get them locked in here definitely yeah. a 180 degree swing from when melnick was or eugene melnick was oh, in charge definitely. just trying to sell everyone off just to pinch pennies and everything right like for sure yeah <laughs> Perfect. I think we can move on here to the one we're all definitely waiting for, uh, at least us four Canuck fans here. Uh, yeah, I couldn't really care less. Yeah, you'll have your opinion <laughs> here, but uh, JT Miller, uh, from really out of nowhere, I mean, we knew this contract, his, not, and his extension talks have been going on for months now, if he was going to get traded, if he was going to get traded at the deadline, um, then to the draft, but he's here to stay. Uh, Seven-year deal. Eight mil a year starting next summer, like next year. Uh, so he's basically a Canuck, really, for the rest of his career. Um, I I like this deal. I'll show it, show it over to Aaron, give you your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, in my probably biased opinion as well, I definitely like it also. I do think in a few years it might not look as good, but again, you have to give that length of contract if you want a guy like that to stick around. So, I mean, it's really good just for general morale of Canuck fans. You know, having a guy like that on your team always makes you excited to watch. Yes. But also, his play will really be beneficial the next few years to building that team again. Yeah, I mean, great points. I mean, as we all know from a Canuck fan, he's, a, as they would call it, a gamer. He does a lot for the team, plays on all strengths. Um, something that the Canucks do lack, in my opinion, too, is he's a you know, a tougher body, the tougher guy to face. He hits a lot. He's kind of just all over the ice, and he really plays his heart out. Um, I'll pass it over to anyone who wants to take over here. I know all of us will have an opinion on this <laughs> matter. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead. I think this it's a uh, couple sided with this one. Um, I mean, obviously, you're resigning a great player. Um, lot of term though as well coming through a player that's not I mean 29 years old um, I think kind of they're in a spot where this is the best team they've had in a while they've been bottom barrel and tanked for the last like better part of the last decade um, so they have to do what it takes to make their team the best uh, as they possibly can in the next I would say five years and that would for the next five um, what's that cost? Yeah, contract at, at $8 million, so that's the price. Um, but they ponied up and they did it. Uh, and now it's uh, up for the Canucks to perform. So, um, you know, you, you can't rebuild forever, and you have to make your team competitive. So I think that's what they've done. And I'm not uh, I'm not arguing with the decision. I like it. Miller is an amazing player, so it keeps the fans happy as well. Kyle or Mike, what do you guys think? 
It's all you, Mikey. Uh, yeah, good signing. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't signed earlier, but I guess nobody else really kind of gave him what he wanted or even offered anything. I haven't really heard any rumors on that front, but I know he was saying that he likes the market in Vancouver and he likes playing with the team and he thinks he can win with this group. And like Corey said, it's probably the best team they've had in a while. From Maybe not from like a defensive standpoint, but definitely from an offensive standpoint where they can actually score goals. Um, the only thing is with this being a long term and a big deal is, well, we'll discuss this in future podcasts for sure, but just the question is, will Bo Horvat be able to re-sign with them? Because we all know he's going to want to make, you know, a bunch of money and he's going to want to stay long term if he does re-sign. Is it possible, though, to, to re-sign Horvat if they trade a couple of their middle six wingers? I mean, yes. yeah, it's definitely possible, but I would say it might be very difficult, but maybe the easiest candidate is next summer to trade away Myers. Uh, he'll only have a year left Please? at that point um, at six mil, so that's covering six mil of an extension money for Horvat which would be really nice. Um, that would uh, yeah, probably, probably be the best move because teams don't really want to acquire anybody who has more than a year left on a contract right now unless it's a star player. Exactly, yeah. So one year left of Myers, that's pretty movable in my opinion. So that could that will definitely give a lot of money to Horvat now. Yeah. Yeah, that's some potential there. Um mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with the signing from like an outsider's perspective, but I understand why the Canucks did it. It makes them a competitive team for the next five years, barring no big names moving or injuries and all that stuff. But I don't even um, agree with. What yeah, part I was of, gonna ask that too. What part I, I don't that. agree with? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't think it makes them a cup contender. I think it still keeps them in like the contending for a playoff spot kind of mode and your goal as a team shouldn't be especially when you have the pockets at the Canucks like like deep pockets like the Canucks your goal shouldn't be to be a playoff contender when everyone's in their prime or just passing their prime like like you have to know when when to pull the trigger and and trade your more skilled players for prospects and and start over and try to build a cup contender that's so what should they do? What, or what should they have done? What they should have done is they should have traded Miller last trade deadline. They would have got a haul for him. And then what? <laughs> and, then and then what? Because you can't just trade Miller. Are we trading everyone? All our assets? Uh, I, I would stop signing bad contracts and I would start trading assets for anyone who's 24 and, and, and up. Except for your goalie. Keep the goalie everyone else try to trade them if they're if they're above 24 or 25 years old because they're not going to be there when that team's in its prime so you're not confident this core is a winning core i i i i'm not confident i haven't seen that at all i saw one year where they had a pretty good year and didn't they get to the second round of the playoffs one time yeah uh yes 
Yeah, so so that's all they've done is get to the second round of the playoffs one time, and they missed a bu- the playoffs a bunch of times. Although there's been other factors that have kind of come into it with like injuries to some key forwards and stuff, but like Besser's not a top line player on a Stanley Cup contending team. Petey, he's a good player, but but I don't see him leading the Canucks to to the Stanley Cup championship, and that's the ultimate goal in a sport like this is winning the cup, not, not making the playoffs. Now there's no guarantee. If you blow it up, if you rebuild, there's no guarantee that'll create a contender either. It's no guarantee at all, but if you have the right management in place and they're not going to sign dumb contracts and, and do all this stuff, like, like there's a reason why Stevie Y in in Tampa Bay, he blew it up and then he started from scratch and he was able to build a perennial Stanley Cup contender. Same with Joe Sackick in Colorado where you just embrace the suck because it's going to make you a better team and be a good drafting team and a good developing team, not a good free agency signing team. And then you're seeing it all over again with what Stevie Y is doing in Detroit right now where he just embraced the suck and they were terrible for a couple of years and now they're starting to actually build a team that could make the playoffs next year and the team's not even at its full potential either. You know, I think all the winning teams of the past few years, they have almost all of them have a first overall. If you look at like McKinnon, Stamkos, Ovechkin, Crosby, uh, not David, Kane. Um, and then you have another top five supporting them, uh, like Hedman, uh, Malkin, uh, Taves. McCarr. So all these teams have this elite talent, um, which they've had from tanking and drafting. Um, and then, of course, shrewd GM that can acquire a uh, build around the core. Um, and then I would say about 10% kind of have your St. Louis, your LA's that maybe don't, they don't have that first overall. They have some high picks like Doty, Kopitar. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Kyle. They don't have, Max don't have that. Um, my only thoughts are, try and go for that 10%. Like, you can't rebuild forever. This is the best. You have a core that's all hitting their prime at the same time. You might as well go for it and be competitive because there's 32 teams in the league, and if you have a slight chance, you might as well. And then retool from there. Like, having all the young players they have at one point right now, is rare. You know, it's as rare as having McKinnon, McCarr, Branton in, um, maybe Byram all at the same time, Landeskog, and then, you know, I can Miller be like a Ryan O'Reilly that puts them over the top? That's the hope. I think he's, can, I think Miller can be better than Ryan O'Reilly, but if will the team be? I don't know. But it's also not like they're adding Miller in, they're just extending him, and he's just getting older. 
and uh, I just had to look this up while you were talking there. Yeah. The first time Pittsburgh won a Stanley Cup, Crosby was 22. The first time Chicago won a Stanley Cup with Patrick Kane was when Kane was 21. So they were already becoming good teams when those guys were not even close to their prime, and that's why they, they had a couple cups in there. So I, I just think the Canucks core is a little bit too old if they're looking for Stanley Cup, but if, if the goal is to just make the playoffs and maybe go around, yeah. Too old? Look at the, the, the team that just won. Aside from Makara, they've all been around. McKinnon's not 22. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, and, uh, Pittsburgh won two cups with uh, Crosby and Malkin, not very young. So I, I think there's definitely a a large uh, range. I think your best players from sure 22 to 28, I would say, would be the together and a good GM can build around them. I'm not disagreeing. I think that you can't you can't win a cup if you have over if your if your pieces are are overpriced. Like Myers, OEL, Pearson. Like you can't be overpaying. Your top your 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 stars need to hit value. They need to make a lot, but also perf- uh, um, back it up with great play. And then everyone else needs to either value or actually undervalue. Your depth needs to be. Um, uh, undervalued. They need to be playing above what they're making. Really, you can't have as as you say. You can't have any bad contracts. So, I mean, yeah, they are they are not in the best setup. But I think that they're in a good spot to make the playoffs. So. Anyways, um, we should probably get moving <laughs> wow. along. That was quite the discussion. <laughs> so, sorry. That for an entire podcast easily. <laughs> Fans, that is what we got a glimpse of Kyle versus Corey. <laughs> you will be Don't worry. Many times again. That. Yeah. Don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> They'll just go back and forth forever. Um, anyways, uh, fan question from last week. Again, thank you for everyone um, that commented on our post and, and shared it with anybody that, that you know that might be interested as well. Um, so we're going to talk about what you guys decided on the most mediocre goalie in the league and what we decided. So first off, we'll get to the, to, to the fan vote in the comment section there. Um, we had Bennington um, slight lead over Campbell as the most mediocre goalie in the league. And then Alan Murray and Talbot also got votes. Um, Max, who's your most mediocre goalie in the league? Uh, well, I'll actually probably pass it over to Mikey here because I know he shared one with who the fans voted for. Uh, and oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, so before last week's podcast, we were discussing, we were all listing our goalies we thought who were mediocre, and I said Bennington. Um, sorry, Pratik, if you're uh, listening, you're a St. Louis fan. <laughs> but, I mean, just, I know he's won a Stanley Cup, I know that, but he got out shined i should say by Huso last season he bare, he didn't even play up until maybe the last little bit of the season plus playoffs then he was until doing he got, a little bit better yeah until he got but, run by his defenseman yeah but i mean like i've never seen him you know do incredibly well and i think my whole kind of like 
justification was just kind of like looking at last season as well too just what happened how a random backup goalie came in and just you know stole the show while he was supposed to be like you know their top goaltender their kind of superstar goalie that will take him to another cup so that's kind of my opinion i don't think he's the worst i just don't think he's the best he's mediocre <laughs> yeah that's what it is by def- definition basically <laughs> yeah uh, I'll start with mine here then. Um, I have James Reimer. So he's been in the league for quite some time. And I, I, I mean, you're, he's just always a goalie I see just playing roughly starter. Like roughly he's always a starter, but never really enough to really notice him out there as much. Uh, for fantasy-wise, he's always on some interesting teams. And he's had some decent seasons, but he's been very up and down. Um, and just, I mean... For a guy who's been in the league since 2010, 2011, you know, you don't really hear a lot about him. He's just kind of there, and he's now on San Jose, and they just traded away Aiden Hill, so he is obviously still starting there with Kakinen. Uh I don't have much else to say. I mean, I just see him there as just like a very mediocre goalie who plays around half the games and sometimes a little bit more, but that's about it. Yeah. I'll pass it over to Aaron. Sure. So my mediocre goalie was uh, Matt Murray. And my main reason for this was probably more fantasy related. He's just one of those guys that's always sort of floating in the middle of the points, but never quite really up there. Um, He's obviously been successful before, but I don't see that as him carrying the team. I don't think he's that kind of goalie at all. I think you put a good team around him, he's going to do well, but... He just doesn't really shine that much, in my opinion. Yeah, that's pretty much it on that that I have. Uh, for me, I had Elvis Merzlikens as my most mediocre goalie. Um, for me, like the definition that came to my head was like somebody that you totally forget about until he kind of comes up in conversations like, oh, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He can be good. He can be bad. You can forget about him for three quarters of a season, then you'll have a... 60 save shutout and go back to obscurity yeah <laughs> Corey, Corey yours was a legendary pick let's hear your most mediocre goalie ever Corey uh, legend like in a mine was Chris Osgood uh, this guy just screams mediocre won a couple cups uh, at least one, I think. Um, yeah, I think you just submitted for mediocre. Well, little surprise pick. What were some other ones that that we discussed as as well? We had what Ty Conklin is a legendary pick. What were some other? <laughs> Ty Conklin. They're like backups that have just. Uh, Patrick Lame. Like yeah, I was just he's like, I don't know. You kind of hate the like backups that just, you know, they're always. Consistently mean, which I just, you know, you got to respect it. Yeah. Uh, was there any other. Uh, 
fan comments come through. I know we had Bennington quite a bit. Yeah, Campbell was an interesting one that came up a couple times. And, I mean, we all, I think, had him in our fantasy top 10. So I guess that just goes to show how a goalie can perhaps be carried by a team versus that not actually being that star goalie. Anybody, anyone of you have any thoughts about that? Why Campbell could be a really mediocre goalie? I completely agree that a goalie can be carried by a team, especially like Toronto, Edmonton, where you just have to let in less goals than McDavid scores, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And should we hop into the fantasy winger rankings? For sure. I think uh, pretty much same as last week, so obviously... I think we explained it back then. So it comes down to, for wingers, it's mostly about goals and assists, but uh, hits and blocks do play a pretty key part in it, as well as special teams. So without further ado, Mikey, take us away. Yeah, so at uh, number 10, we had my boy from the New York Rangers who helped me in fantasy a lot last season. And I think that was the main reason uh, he kind of went on our list. He had 52 goals. On the Rangers, Chris Kreider, uh, 52 goal scorer at his age right now too, was pretty unreal. Um, I know just personally, we've talked about this like 18 different times on the podcast with the trade Max made. I'm so thankful for that. Um, Just again, in any kind of fantasy pool where you're looking at points, you're looking at plus minus, you're looking at hits, he'll do it all for you. He's obviously very aggressive as we've seen. He likes to hit. He'll put the puck in the net on the power play as well, which, you know, gives you an additional point there if you're playing in that point system. So I think number 10 was a great kind of seed for him. Um, I will kind of say that there might be, you know, potential for other wingers in the league to kind of take his spot over, but just from his 52-goal season he had last season, um, I kind of think that's that's a good spot for him at the time being. What do you what do you guys be, think, Chris Kreider at ten? Do we agree? He, I didn't have him on my list at all. I don't I don't trust that he'll do that again this year. But at the same time, he's playing with all the same players, um, same coach, same everything. So he might have a hell of a season again. I, yeah, I don't yeah I don't know if he's gonna have another fifty goal season. But like I said, in terms of like every other like stat aspect, you can kind of grab. Plus, he'll get points. We know that. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah, when you look at the direction the Rangers are going, I mean, they're only going to be the same, if not better. So, yes, he might not put up 52 goals, but he's still going to be on that top power play. He's still going to be on a really solid team. So, I mean, I think 10 is fair. I don't think having many higher would make sense for now, but in a couple years, maybe he can be a little more consistent. I can definitely see him moving up that list. Yeah, I'd also like to note that me or Aaron and I were the only ones to actually include him on our top 10 lists. Uh, we both had him at number seven. So, but because of the wingers just being so hard to protect, and all of our lists being pretty sporadic, I would say <laughs> uh, it did average out to him actually finishing tenth. So, all all of you three did not have him at all. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like looking at it, I was like kind of focused on other wingers. That's why I said that potentially, you know, there's like Pasternak's and like those wingers that could be above him for sure but just for kind of what we were going with and what the average went out with we'll work with it yeah exactly uh, 
Yeah, so number nine is uh, his teammate, Panarin. Uh, everybody knows how good Panarin is. He's a danger on the ice every time he's he has a shift. Power play, five on five. He won the Calder. He plays well pretty much with like anybody he plays with. I'd say they build chemistry with him fast. When he went on to Chicago, he was easily like he worked so well with Patrick Kane kind of when they were on their run together and he comes in here and with their top six he can pretty much play with anyone on that team and he scores goals so potentially he could have been higher again but he made the top 10 so I mean this is a great fantasy pick for anyone kind of basing it off scoring getting points for goals assists plus minus so I'm just going to go back to your comment about Panarin scoring goals there <laughs> We just mentioned Kreider on the same team with 52. Uh, Panarin had 22 goals this season. So that, uh, yeah. to me, is yeah, but, pretty disappointing when you look at who he is. Um, but but Panarin is better at, like, dictating play, whereas Kreider's just... just. Yeah, so that's a good point. He did have 74 yeah. assists, so that boosts his points a lot. But in our league, he definitely fits lower down because he doesn't hit, he doesn't block. Doesn't score goals apparently either. Um, I could have sworn Aaron was the biggest Panarin fan a couple yeah. years ago. What happened? What happened was I picked him second this season, and he disappointed me all year. Yeah, I would have loved to have Panarin, but when she took him, I was like, oh man. But then he did. He didn't live up to that expectations. I would say of being drafted that early. <laughs> I mean, it's just just one season. Watch him pop off this season and get. Oh, we very well could. I'm, yeah, he's very capable of that. Oh yeah. I would, I would take Panarin over Kreider. Kreider had a unusual career year at his age. There's no way he replicates, not even close to it. I'm gonna guess he gets. How did he score 50 goals? I'm gonna guess he gets half that this year. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Corey. Yeah. You Thank think you, Kyle. You think Panarin, what do you think Panarin's gonna? What do you think Panarin's <laughs> gonna get, Corey? <laughs> What do I think Panarin's going to get in terms of goals or points? or Yeah, goals. Uh, he had, You said 22 last year? Yes. Um, the same between, <laughs> I'll say 25 for both of them. I bet 40. For Panarin? Yeah. Holy. Okay. That's a good take. I like that. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Alrighty, I think we can probably move on here. Uh, coming at number eight in our rankings is uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Cup winner, the Avs. Way to go, Kyle. Um, <laughs> uh, this guy is, uh, I would say, a beauty in our league. <laughs> he plays on if probably the best team in the NHL. Uh, plays on one of the top lines most of the time. Plays on the top power play of one of the best teams. Hits blocks i mean i had him last year and he's a gem he had some injury issues so that's always the one thing to note but man is he a guy that you love to have on fantasy and in, in our format he's sort of that perfect mix of we'll get you points no matter what exactly yes uh the one odd time though he did have a few fights it does <laughs> hurt but hey when he has a few hat tricks here and there it's pretty nice <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, he's kind of, he's kind of a bonehead sometimes <laughs> when it comes to the penalty minutes, but that only hurts us in fantasy. So. Mm-hmm. Also, we've got to stop boosting Kyle's ego about Colorado winning the cup. <laughs> His head's already inflated because of it. It's fair. <laughs> it's not entirely true. My head's inflated all the time. <laughs> One thing I do want to ask, though, is Kyle, you didn't even have him on your list. What? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm honestly not the biggest Landeskog fan. Obviously, he's super helpful in-game in situations especially and like in the locker room and stuff too so i like having him on on my favorite team but um he, he just i just i don't know it, it i don't even know what it is about him I, that that bothers me um, okay <laughs> i'm okay I couldn't even tell you. I, I I just won't ever put him on my list. If he's there when I when I'm drafting, then I'll take him. But I also I think my bias as well is not putting Avalanche players on my list unless it's super high. Because if That's I put bad. them on my list or get no 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 because because <laughs> who, who do I got Rantanen? And... I swear every time somebody picks up a Colorado player, you sigh because you wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, no, 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 that's not a fact because because I wouldn't draft many avalanche players because if they have a bad season then I hate them and then it just I'd rather than have, an, ha, have a bad season and it not affect me in like <laughs> leagues as well. So I try to avoid Colorado players. If you look back, there's very few avalanche players I've ever taken. It's true. I drafted I drafted McKinnon once first overall because I was super confident and that didn't really turn out all that well that season. He did all right, buddy, but it wasn't great pick. I've never taken Rantanen. I've never taken Makar. I've never taken Landeskog. I don't think I've ever even had had one of their goalies either. Hmm. So interesting. I, yeah, uh, I just don't don't want to mix like my emotions too much because my fantasy team puts me through the ringer, and so does the Avalanche, and I don't want yeah them both affecting me. That's pretty much the opposite of all of us, though. I think almost all of us here always take a Canuck, except uh, for Aaron. Yeah, I've never owned a Canuck. Yeah. I don't know. Why is that? I don't know, to be honest. I think partially it's because there's those few good ones that I would like, but you other biased Canuck fans draft them really high. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Note to sell. <laughs> Aaron wins every year, so we uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Note to self: Don't take Canucks players. Win the league. <laughs> Alrighty, we can move on to number seven here. Who we all, almost all of us had him on our list except for myself, but he worked out to this spot anyways. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, I mean, what can you say? He had one of his best years last year at his age. Um, continues to rack up those goals, which is crazy. I I'm not I'm not voting against it. I'd love to see the guy keep going, but I just don't see that happening, especially considering the year before that, during that little shortened bubble year, um, he did not have a good season at all. And I'm taking that into account, and I don't think he'll be as good this year. He had 42 points in 45 games. Yeah, but only I think it was 20. I had to double check how many goals, but. He wasn't as 24. good. Okay, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as a dominant of a year. I remember it was just very, for him, pretty weak year, and I think he's going to be slowly hitting the decline here. So 
I don't That's what think they've been he's... saying for years, though. That I mean, yeah. There's also win. nothing I want more than for him to break Gretzky's goal scoring record. So, yeah, that, yeah. I'm I'd giving a, him too. as much positive energy as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mikey, Corey, you guys had them both at number two. Uh, I mean, he can definitely finish number two or even number one based off what he does in fantasy. Yet again, we can mention he hits a lot, scores goals. That's great for our format. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had him there. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Ovechkin guy. I had him, I've had him several seasons, and I mean, yeah, he got 24 goals in 45 games, but. Like every time this guy touches the puck on a one time or on a power play, it's going in the net. Mm. The only thing is, like, have they done enough this off season and the draft and you know with their team to kind of build some more players around him? Because is Backstrom even going to return? I don't know if Backstrom's playing. They still kind of got their forward core, from what I know. All right, let's with Strom and six here. Sorry, Kyle, we're okay. getting a little bit. That's fair. Here. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So at number six, we had Matthew Kachuk. So he's another one that did really well in our fantasy standings this year. I mean, he had a lot of points, a lot of hits, but him moving to Florida will probably hurt his standings next year, I would assume. So that, for me, is the reason why he moves to farther down this list in this kind of position. Uh, anybody else, any quick thoughts on that? For me, it's the opposite. I thought I thought Kachuk will be higher than Huberdeau because Huberdeau doesn't have the same people to play with, and Kachuk has now Barkov to play with. But that's what I think. I had him at number two, actually. I think he's gonna be a great pairing with Barkov, and that'll be he'll be back on power play one over there. Um, I can see it being more or less the same season for him. Maybe not, you know, over a hundred points, but it, it'll be pretty close to that. I would say. It's hard when he had such good chemistry with his previous line mates, but when you're a skilled player like that, yeah, you never know. You could just gel that fast, and it could be, well, another repeat of this year. We'll see. All right, let's move right up to number five. We had Marner coming in at number five. Um, I mean, again, he, he gets a lot of points. He's not quite as physical as some of the other people on this list here. But he does have the benefit of playing with one of the best goal scorers in the league, which definitely does boost his points a little bit here. Um, yeah, throw it over to you guys. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, Mine yeah. is better than Huberto. Well, we'll get into that in a minute here. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually a good point to bring up here is that in our... Uh, standings when we attributed there with our votes, we actually had a tie in fourth and fifth place between Marner and Huberdeau. And those of you that follow our Instagram would have seen our poll come out. And thank you for your feedback. That did help us decide these rankings. So let's move it on to Kyle to give us number four. Number four, we had Huberdeau. Um, he won our fan vote by a score of 14 to 9. So not the closest vote, but 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 pretty close, um, I guess. 
you, no, you, yeah. you might as well make it 13 to 9 because I accidentally voted as the Chelstars account for Huberdo. <laughs> so you're biased. A little bit biased. So I, I, it wasn't working. I couldn't see the results. So I thought for some reason if I voted, I'd be able to. But that was dumb of me. So you can blame me for that. Un un unbelievable. Well, well, I also voted twice on two of my or on both my Instagram accounts, so I guess you really can call it thirteen to, to eight. I was, cause cause Marner's playing with with uh, with Matthews, Huberto's playing with Kadri. I don't know. I I just I just think Marner's gonna have a better season. Yeah, I mean, it could be a very good regular season again for both of them. We'll have to see. Yeah, the funny part about these winger rankings is I have a feeling that almost none of our predictions are gonna be right just because of how close they are. Yeah, and and how and and how much variables go into it. Yeah. Um. So heading to third on our list, we had uh, Kaprasov, who is one of my favorite wingers in the league. I had him super high on my list, um, especially when you factor in that the guys playing with Ryan Hartman and Matt Zuccarello, who Matt Zuccarello is doing awesome, but uh, just not the same quality as as who everyone else is surrounded by. But he's still putting up crazy points, so that's why I had him so high. Yeah, I mean, him and Zuccarello made a great pairing, and Hartman definitely fleshed out that line, having a career season for him. Um, it would be interesting, their their team, with losing Fiala and the big dead cap hit they have right now with Suter and Parise, so their team isn't as fleshed out as it might be, as they might want it to be as a contender. Um, but Kaprasov, I would more or less expect over 100 points again for him he's just that good oh yeah he's yeah. just continued to get better every season he's just so valuable in our league and even just a points league i mean he's just surrounded by people that will help him score but he's also just capable of carrying the team almost it seems like and just a ton of young talent coming up into that into that team as well between like matthew boldy who had a great season last year marco rossi a lot of fun fun young players in Minnesota. Yes. Speaking of talent, let's move up to number two, uh, where we have Mika Rantanen uh, from Colorado. So, uh, I had this guy number one, um, coming from the best team, top winger on that team. Uh, I expect Colorado to still uh, keep the performance up. I don't expect them to regress, at least not in the regular season at all. Um, Aaron had him down at number eight. Aaron, why did you have Renton in at number eight? I have no clue. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this list again, like, why? Um, You're starting to sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he is number one, but if I did redo this list, we'd probably land four or five. For me, just like you said, being on that Colorado team makes him very valuable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Kind of injury prone, though. He, he's, he's always missing like 10 games a year, so he could cost you a couple weeks. Right. In yeah. fantasy. And that leads us so smoothly into number one. <laughs> Mentioning injuries. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. Yeah, injury prone. Um, we have number one winger, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, so, four out of five of us had him at number one. I guess I'm the one that did not have him at number three. Um, on LTIR, he is 
top winger in this league for one of the top teams. Tampa Bay, um, he's going to get goals. Um, I think I didn't have him at number one personally. Will start to regress and decline a little bit. Um, and I think uh, other players like Rantanen can. number two so i don't know what uh pretty consensus that keeping future off and i think that's deserving of the top spots uh mike agree <laughs> yeah he'll uh he'll put up goals as long as he's healthy and their team stays healthy he'll put up goals i know he's had injury problems but when he's actually playing he gets tons of points with, especially with who he has on his like wings and his center and his defense, and he's on the top power play unit, which is one of the best ones in the league. Yeah, enough said. Deadly. Really. I mean, four of us had him as our consensus number one, so I think you know, as long as he can stay healthy, uh, he'd be a great fantasy addition for your team, to say the least. Yep. So that pretty much concludes our top 10 list here. So we're going to quickly go through another uh, a Dark Horse candidate for each of us, just like last week. Uh, and then we're basically going to have to cap off this episode uh, due to us just kind of having a con very constricted schedule this week. Um, so I'll start us off. Uh, I have for my Dark Horse a guy who's just always talked about as prime to break out and be that guy and... In our fantasy, he definitely is a guy who hits and does a lot for the team, but he's never taken that big step forward, I would say. And that is Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, I've had him a few seasons in fantasy, and he's always been just very mediocre. We talked about mediocre earlier, but I mean, he just doesn't live up to that high expectation. And, you know, for Dark Horse, I think he's always just going to be there for me. And,. Unless he can really prove it this year, I think he's just always going to kind of be a guy who's always ready to do that. But we'll have to see if he ever actually does that. And Carolina looking to be a contender this year, so we'll have to wait and see. Aaron, how about you go ahead with yours? All right, so my dark horse, I chose this one mainly because of a lot of the moving pieces around this team. And that is Tyler Toffoli. So this is an interesting one. I mean, he's never been that high up in our leagues, but I can see with him playing with a couple new line mates, potentially Huberto, Kadri, maybe just some better chemistry for him would probably just make him a little more valuable. I don't see him being anywhere near to a top 10 player, but definitely a good deeper pick that I could see being valuable this year if he matches well with his new line mates there. Uh, let's move on to Corey. Yeah, I'm going to go with maybe not so much Dark Horse, but uh, a player that we haven't talked about is Patrick Kane. I mean, he used to be the best winger in the league for so many years. Um, obviously, the team is not that great right now with Chicago, but I think we can anticipate he's going to get moved to a contender and um, hopefully put up a lot of points uh, that way. So don't sleep on Patrick Kane. Also, shout out Evander Kane as well, which is another great pick. Uh, on Edmonton, he's going to put up a ton of points. We'll start double down and go. Both games are my uh, my dark horse. I like it. 
<laughs> yeah, that might actually be a sneaky pickup. Like, if you have a pretty strong team, just hold Patrick Kane, and then he goes off in fantasy playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah, it's interesting to see when or if. I'm assuming he does get traded, but we'll have to see when that actually does happen. Or where that yeah. is, too. That, too. <laughs> All right, Kyle, why don't you give us our yours? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so you were talking about somebody who is poised to break out and never does. Um, I'm going to talk about somebody who has broken out and is still not talked about enough. Um, my dark horse pick is Jason Robertson um, out of Dallas crazy season last year i think he scored what close to 40 goals and he was just the offensive driver of that team along with pavelski and i don't think anything's going to change this year either it was just over 40 love it i think i picked him up on waivers in one of my leagues i don't know what league it was all right mikey why don't you cap us off <laughs> i get it caprice off good one uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, my dark horse is Jake Gensel he could have easily kind of in my opinion been on that top 10 list last season he had 84 points in 76 games with 40 goals so he's no slouch and he's actually produced pretty well throughout his career in the NHL and he plays with Crosby so I mean when, a healthy Crosby healthy Gensel I mean you're getting but that's like points, 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 points. Also want to do a little shout out to Pasternak. Not to forget about him because he's still a top player and a top winger for sure. I just, yes. uh, yeah, I just don't know why we didn't have him on our list, but he's definitely, uh, he's definitely up there. He's just in a very so, yeah. tough position with Boston this year, for sure. That kind of hurts him, I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree. Alrighty, I think that's pretty much comes down here. So I've got another question for you guys here. Uh, on our Insta page, we will be posting another question for you, and that is going to be leading up to our next week's topic, where we cover the top ten centers. Uh, so our question for you is: Who is your dark horse centerman? That can be someone that you think is outside the top ten and will break through, or even just similar to Aaron's pick with the winger. Someone that will just be like the biggest riser throughout the year. Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, feel free to comment multiple times if you want, even. We don't care. <laughs> Unless it's the same name multiple times, then it's not productive. <laughs> yeah. <literally. laughs> yeah. That's funny. Alright, so I think that about wraps us up for this week. Um... Thanks again for listening, everybody. Like Max sort of alluded, next week will be our final fantasy rankings with our centermen. We will also probably be getting into some more season predictions at that point, too. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And for more fan questions, as always, check out our Instagram, at Chellstars. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. 